0: Hello, everyone. Uh, this is one of your co-hosts, Dalwood Naderath. Um, this week is going to be a little bit different, as I'm sure you can already tell based on the uh, episode title. It's going to be the first half of our discussion of Mokhaleen. Uh, our second half will be coming up next week. Uh, due to a series of unfortunate events that probably could have been easily prevented by yours truly, we had to cut our uh, recording time a little bit short. Um, but I promise that this, uh, sin- since we had to cut it short, we decided to release it in two halves rather than just put out um one really short rushed episode um so that's why it, the the format is a little bit different this this week uh, i apologize for any inconsistency and any uh, inconvenience this may have caused anybody's listening schedules because i know everybody is um formatting their weekly schedules around whether or not untethered layers is going to be released on time um i do pray for your forgiveness uh <laughs> but without further ado here is our first half of uh, our discussion of Mohlin, and we will be back next week with our second half. Thank you. Welcome to Untethered Layers. My name is Dalwood Natterath.
1: And I'm Rachel Tyler.
0: And this week we're here to talk about a, a fun little album that came out last March, or I guess... Okay, whenever you say like last Saturday, do you mean like... So say... Or say it's... I mean the most recent. Okay. So um, would so not be last not March. not last March. Um, March of 2017, mm-hmm. this album came out. Yes. Mokhleem. Um Last week I was... Uh, not jet lagged, but just exhausted. And I was so ready to come in with such an enormous amount of energy this week. And then I ate my weight in tacos and I'm ready to just like, <laughs> so if, if you don't hear from me in this episode for like an extended period of time, it's because I've fallen asleep. I'll um, stop. but <laughs> Rachel will do all the heavy lifting. Uh, we are doing what we normally do where we'll listen to the album, um, all the way through. Uh, before we start just to kinda get our bearings again even though we've both been listening to it for a while. And then uh, right before we started, Rachel gave me a crash course on, <laughs> on Jennifer Hudson because I had never, <laughs> cause I'd never heard of music before. So now I'm in a Jennifer Hudson uh, mindset and um, but we gotta we'll get, we'll, we'll get to it. switch yeah. gears. Switch we'll gears. switch gears. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, just I want everybody to know, you included, that I'm gonna be thinking about Jennifer Hudson this entire time. Yeah, shit
1: everybody listening to this should be thinking about Jennifer uh, Hudson. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, because we were talking about the Cats remake, you said yeah. That yeah. She, She's she, the only real singer. Right. right. Okay. All
1: right. Or t- classically trained. I was no. Okay. I'm gonna, okay. 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 Any, double- anyway. <laughs> anyway. Back on topic. Back on topic. Okay.
0: So March 2017, Mochlene was released. Um, like we talked about last week, this is the one album that we were able to actually anticipate. Um, we were listening around the time of Mumps already and Golden Tickets and stuff like that, but we weren't, like, super heavily into it until, I'd say, we weren't really into it until, what, I would say about three years ago, something like that? Wait, what, what are you talking about? It, 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 into it, into why, like, uh, almost, like, to the extent um, that we are now.
1: I, I think that, I, I guess so, because, yeah. because, and I would attribute it to social media because, yeah. you know, we didn't really get, like, Instagram or right. anything like that until, like, the end of high school anyway, mm-hmm. but, um yeah i I guess like
0: three or four years ago, yeah, yeah, all that being said, um to just to say that this is the one album that we were i the one Y album, like we talked about last week, Testerosa was fresh on our minds for a very long time, but this is the one y album that we were um gearing up for very heavily, and um whenever we talked about last week how um they dropped like half of the album before the album came out, they came out with three singles, and I think there's ten, yeah, there's ten tracks total. Um, and two of them are transition tracks, um, which we talked about. Also, that this is the only album that we can remember that also has transition tracks, or just like that pure, we, purely instrumental tracks. Yeah, at least. or purely instrumental tracks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we had basically already heard half the album by the time it came out. But that didn't make it any less special for whenever it came out. Uh, I was lucky enough to get it uh, a week early because of both my yeah. my position as yeah, yeah, assistant yeah. music director at the time, and also as a faithful. VIP member of Joyful Noise Recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, just a quick shout out to them if they want to sponsor this. Uh, <laughs> that would be pointless because we only have a few episodes left anyways. Um, but yeah, so I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about, about the album and like our, our reception of it whenever it came out.
1: Yeah, our personal experiences yeah. going through um, this album coming out. Because again, like you said, this was the the only one that we anticipated. Right. And um, well, yeah, this, this album... Um, kind of feels like in a different mind space mm-hmm. because of that you know i discovered um as we talked about why um or the band why you know yeah around 2000 the end of 2012 i mm-hmm. believe uh so kind of mid to late high school for me right. was really full of just listening to all of Y's music so alopecia mumps you know even golden tickets i mean basically everything was all truncated into a very specific time period mm-hmm. for me and a very short life. time period as well yeah so. well yeah give or take a year and a half yeah. two years mm-hmm. and so everything even though each album is distinct um in its time period an era for yoni and mm-hmm. the band all of those albums do kind of sit in one era for right, me okay. together Whereas this album, because it came out a few years after that, mm-hmm. I was in a different place in my life. It is in a different headspace mm-hmm. for me, which is kind of exciting. Yeah.
0: I, I think that's why we, we resonate with this album so so deeply. It's because, yeah, like, I would agree with you in that you, Like I, I, I did start listening to Y, probably around, I think, like I said, 2010, uh, late 2009 maybe. Um, but even then... I still attribute all those albums, because I, w- I would listen to all of them at the same time. Um, and then once I started really getting into Y was uh, after Moms had already come out. So that's kind of bled in with the, with all the albums too. But like you said, Mohleen is like, it, it feels like a new era, not only in Y, but in our, our listenership of list- Y as yeah, well. Exactly. And I think also just with people in, um, people who have been listening to Y for, for, since the beginning, um, I feel like they probably agree, even if they didn't listen to the albums all at once, um, they can tell just how different this album is that it is going to be a different era and so maybe they attribute i don't want to speak for any other Y fans other than myself and you but um this album is distinct and different enough to sort of separate itself from the rest of them
1: yeah it does clearly seem to be coming from a different place than the others and this one you know not counting the golden tickets ep Mm -hmm. or any side projects like yoni and getty or anything like that um it was a good uh what five years uh yeah after the last full studio lp Mm -hmm. months uh, which is a fairly long time for a contemporary band, you know, yeah, to, to I would wait say to put that's out a pretty an album. Silence.
0: Since it did come out so recently, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, it hasn't really had, at least for me, it hasn't had time to cement itself as a classic for Y, um, at least personally speaking. So whenever I am going throughout my day and I'm like, I want to listen to Y, Mokhaleen is never the one that comes up in my head first whenever i listen when i'm i'm like i want to listen to why i'll pull up oakland or i'll pull up alopecia or something like that but since this we were recording this episode i went back to mulclean and i forgot how fucking good this album is yeah. like we listened yeah, to it so i would beautiful. like obsessively whenever it came out like I, I listened to it for like months straight probably i remember actually at the time that these singles were dropping i was an ra and um we were in the middle of like a mandatory really really important uh training And I got the notification on my phone that um, One Mississippi had dropped on SoundCloud, and I excused myself to go to the bathroom, and I listened to it three times straight, like in the bathroom. I just remember all of the like listening to each one of these songs as they came out so clearly.
1: I remember that, yeah, all Mm -hmm. the singles. And was it you said three singles, but was it three or four? I think it was
0: three. I think it was This Old King, Proactive Evolution, and One Mississippi in that order. But okay, okay, I I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because I know. Two of my favorite tracks, uh, Easy and George Washington, were not singles. Um, they right. were, yeah, they were just part of the entire album. Y- yes, yes. And I don't think any of the latter tracks um, were released as singles either. So I, I think it was just so. those three. But yeah, just objectively speaking, it's such a gorgeous sound. It's like it goes back a little bit to the sound of um, Eskimo Snow and how they talked about it being more open. But this one is in a that that was more open because it seemed a little bit more raw. Like I talked about last week, it sounds almost like a live studio album. But this one is more open and airy because of the production of how gorgeous and how, like, twinkly everything is. Twinkly. Yeah, yeah. twinkly, it, it, I think, probably stands so deeply in my head because of the lights that they have for the show. At the show. Um, which, that was a, such a good addition for the Mughlin tour. I don't know if it would... Um, they probably had it only for the Mughlin tour. I don't know if it would go very well with just, like, a regular... Like, this alopecia rerun, I don't think they're going to have it. Well,
1: they lights. had it for the, the tour this past Um, Yeah, but I think that was like an extended Mahlin tour, I think is what it was. I guess that's true. Yeah, Because they, yes, yeah, 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 that's true.
0: But yeah, like I said, this album is just so, like the sound itself and the production is so gorgeous, both like comparatively to the rest of the discography and just objectively speaking as well. Uh, We talked about how Mumps came out to pretty uh, polarizing reviews. Some were not great at all and some were, you know, pretty, they're they're praising it pretty high. Um, This one was, across the board, um, good reviews. Like uh, people loved it. People seemed to be happy with the, direction that it had taken away from mumps um despite the fact that you and i both love mumps i'm also i'm, I'm glad with the sound I'm, I'm glad with the way that this album came out um it's just it, like gorgeous like we're gonna we're gonna find ourselves digging deep into two words this one i know gorgeous <laughs> is gonna be one of them
1: oh well obviously we've talked a lot about the darkness that's that's really behind mm-hmm. most of uh wise work right. and in the in the past albums that we've talked about but this album um it's not quite the opposite of, of darkness, I think, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily happy, mm-hmm. but it feels joyous mm-hmm. in a kind of way. I Not to get too um, personal or, or spiritual, I mm-hmm. guess, but I, I remember this specific um, sermon that I heard mm-hmm. when I was younger, um, growing up, going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember he talked about the difference between happiness and joy and how joy is... Is so much more complex, you know, and how you can find joy in—I don't want to say difficult situations because right. that sounds kind of, um, you know, uh, dismissive—but mm-hmm. basically, that that happy is a is a um, temporary mm-hmm. emotion, and joy is a supposed to be something y- y- you you want to live with consistently, right. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's a kind of truncated argument, mm-hmm. but I I was kind of found myself thinking about that while listening to this album in the sense that it's not a temporary happiness, but it feels like so much more complex than that.
0: It feels like a, like an almost settling into complacency uh, with like, you can tell from here on out, things are going to be a lot better than they were in the past.
1: Yeah. I think, I think complacent is kind of a, a maybe a negative word. Yeah. No,
0: I guess just, um, I don't want to say content. content? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I, I definitely agree. And I, like you said, not all, not every part of this, um, you said not every part of this album is necessarily happy, and I agree, but I also don't think any, I don't think a single part of this album is sad or like, um, I don't think it is. Or either. desperate like the old albums. The, or self pitying. Exactly. I was trying to think of a way, because this album is just as existential as any of the rest of the albums have been. If not but, more so. If not more so, but in a more like calm, um, sort of like content, uh, like kind of going with the flow way. Um, I was trying to think of like a, a a way to succinctly describe this album or at least a lot of the tracks um, speak to one particular theme but some of them don't and I want to get into that a little bit later but um sort of like this album being acting as a, as a love letter to like the unknown or what yoni doesn't know
1: that's a great way to put it yeah uh,
0: thank you very much I came <laughs> up with that on the drive back from the laundromat today. <laughs> But, yeah, so like um uh, the old albums, like I said, are just as existential, um but this one is in is existential as well, but in a whimsical and kind of like glittery kind of way. And I feel like um we we talked last week about there are some uh uh or a couple of weeks ago when we talked about alopecia, we talked how there were some lines that sum up the entire album. um and I think there's a line that sums up at least the journey to this album really, really well. that's not on Mohlin. It's on a track that he recorded with uh alias um back in 2008 and there's this one line it's the line that will stick out to me more so than any other yoni line that he's ever written and it's on Wellwater black and he says i'd like to think i take dictation from something big into i've you i've talked to you i've talked to you off about this line i think before i'd like to think i take dictation from He talks about that and it's like he he's he's aware of the fact that he's not totally in control um and in that track like 10 years ago like i said it was recorded um it's it his attitude is a little bit i think more in line with his attitude in alopecia and Mums era but i think it sort of works pretty well as a as a prologue or as a uh, as a predecessor to a line that i believe is in uh one mississippi where he says i gotta submit to whatever it is in control right I know. I got to submit to whatever it is in control. I know. Stop throwing shadow on shadow and let it all go. That, um, yeah that that line is right. Great. Like they 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 portray such similar um emotions and they portray, portray such similar like realizations but in so such different ways. Um whereas in in this new one he says I got to submit to whatever it is in control. Like he's he's okay with like the well, fact that he's It feels more not, accepting. Exactly, rather than like sort of unknown and kind of like um, I guess not like I guess sardonic a little bit almost like a little sarcastic but yeah that was one line that stuck out to me that I think helped set the stage for this album really really well that wasn't on this album um, I, I I've talked to uh, different people who not just about Mokhaleem but in general who seem to be um, embarrassed to like like whenever I, I ask what somebody's favorite track off of an album was if, if they say that it's one of the singles they are they always kind of say it with like a like a embarrassment it's it just a little bit yeah it's just like oh i don't want my favorite song to be everybody else's favorite song but i think genuinely the, the the first uh the three singles that dropped sum up this album so so well and that's why like i think it's bullshit if people are like a, uh embarrassed to attribute their favorite song to a like a single that that was dropped um because obviously people release singles for the reasons that they do they think that they're the strongest on the album or that they portray what they want the album to to come out sounding like um and all that being said, I think uh, like One Mississippi, Proactive Evolution, and This Old King are three of the strongest tracks for sure on this album, um, sort of the the quintessential ones like we said about Hollows and Good Friday and stuff like that. Um, but there's not a single song on this record that I don't like. Uh, there are some that I kind of forget about. The the latter tracks, uh, like I said, Consequence of Non-Action, uh, Barely Burn in the Water, because they're not as... like glitzy and like as poppy and fun as the uh, or like as produced as the three singles that dropped or easy in George Washington um I have a tendency to only listen to the you know first seven yeah exactly but going back and listening to those tracks today like they they I feel like at least in a a couple of the water especially uh he doesn't really talk about the same you know like acceptance of some sort of cosmic uh cosmic force yeah this beyond this cosmic force that's in control or whatever um some of them seem a little bit more narrative and even in uh easy it's less focused on that and more focused on like uh, a person or like a like a easy is almost like a not a love song but it's like about a person rather than himself um but yeah so the, the the later tracks on that on that record i think at least um personally speaking sometimes fall to the wayside but going back and listening to them they're like really really strong and like yeah I, said,
1: I, I mean every track on this album is so strong and you can tell that they really you know, worked hard on everything not only like we talked about the amount of time it took for this album to come out mm-hmm. i don't know you know when the the production or the writing began right. but um it's very curated very well put together every track works i think that you know obviously we were upset when we saw it was only 10 tracks mm-hmm. but it works